This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 50 of Jurassic Park. Brady, how was your Christmas? It was awesome. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, just a lot of sitting around and eating and mm-hmm. getting fat and bloated and passing out. This is uh, the time of the year where I just, uh, I have a certain pair of pants that are just saved mm-hmm. for this one week. Yeah. And I just basically wash them and rewear them every day. And then, you know, I think probably by Friday I'm going to start telling myself like this is it this is your year you're going to the gym yeah the resolution you're gonna, the resolution year that gym membership you've had for two years that you go intensely for one month and then you keep telling yourself you're going to go over and over again i think i'm going to make it to week number six this year yeah so at least that yeah but yeah. I, i'm feeling it as well man i'm feeling bloated but it was so worth it it was absolutely worth it yeah, every definitely. every last calorie that we both put on here that's and, true uh, yeah so um before we get started in the show i just wanted to, to address something real quick we got a note uh, in Facebook Messenger uh, right before Christmas started from our good friend Ethan McKinley over at Two Minute Terminator. Did you see this note? I saw that it came through, but I didn't get a chance to read so it. So Ethan asked you and I if we could, on our Christmas episode, relay for our friends overseas what exactly eggnog was. And okay. I, I was yeah. like, well, we've already you know, recorded that episode. Eggnog historically is known as milk punch, milk punch or eggnog punch. It's a rich, chilled, sweetened, creamy, dairy-based beverage traditionally made with milk, cream, sugar, and whipped eggs, which uh, gives kind of a frothy texture, which is implied by the name, and in some contexts is distilled with spirits such as brandy, rum, or bourbon. So that kind of gives you an idea of what the f- chemical makeup of it is. If it wasn't cold outside, I don't think people would want to drink it. Can, yeah, yeah, I can see myself like the hottest summer day and not. Oh, it would be disgusting. No, just yeah. thinking, and I don't drink milk at all. Period. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have it on my cereal, but that's about it, you know. And I'll drink a yeah. milkshake, but like a glass of milk just seems disgusting to me for some reason. Eggnog, I guess it's the sweet taste of it. I'll, 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 I'll drink it. But yeah. now that we've done that uh, description, I think that Ethan needs to tell us what like figgy pudding is, or blood okay. pudding, or blood sausage. I, I, those <laughs> things that we don't have. You know, like well, what, what, what are the chips and fish and chips? Are they potato yeah. chips? Or are they French fries? I have a lot, all sorts of questions about English food that we need to talk about when we have Ethan and Ellie on next time. And, and I what's, think, what's funny is you say blood sausage and that does yeah. not sound appealing. But then again, the words eggnog. Yeah, it really, it doesn't when you appealing. think about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, just thinking of like, it makes me think of like a movie like Rocky where Rocky's got to get ready for the oh, big God, fight. He drinks yeah. like a bunch of eggs together, but it's not like that at all. But uh, hey, are you ready to go ahead and get into uh, Jurassic Park? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Grant, Ellie, Lex, Tim, and Gennaro get out of their tour vehicles and approach a noise that Grant heard far off in the distance. At minute number 50, Grant asks the group to stay behind him. As he walks ahead, Tim grows frustrated and follows. A great bellowing beast can be heard in the distance. Ellie attempts to stop Tim, but he manages to follow anyway. At 50 minutes, 14 seconds, we cut to a low shot of Tim's feet walking through the grass. As Tim clears the brush, we see a triceratops laying down on its side. It is lethargic and foaming at the mouth. Tim says, wow, at what he sees before him. Grant motions towards the Triceratops, asking a member of the veterinary staff if he can approach. The staff member tells him, of course. Grant approaches and touches the dinosaur. Jerry, the vet, tells everyone it is safe to approach her. He states that Muldoon tranquilized her already. At 50 minutes, 30 seconds, we cut to a shot of a stunned Ellie Sattler looking at the great beast. Grant tells her that she is sick. As the group approaches, it can be seen that the Triceratops' breathing is labored. Her rib cage inflates and deflates slowly. She attempts to lift her foot and slowly brings it back down. 
Everyone takes a turn stroking the Triceratops' horns as she lays on the ground. And thus ends minute number 50 of Jurassic Park. Yeah, so we get in this shot kind of kind of an interesting thing that's going on here. We get we haven't se- well, we saw one CGI dinosaur earlier, but I guess we haven't really seen a lot of them. Yeah. This is the first animatronic dinosaur that we really get a shot of. Yeah. We do see that Velociraptor eye earlier on. But yeah, but that's this is like the first full frame. I mean, big exhibit, exhi- um, big reveal yeah. of an actual animatronic. Yeah. And uh, this, you know, all the dinosaurs in this movie have such cool reveals. She gets like such a, the T-Rex gets such a um, huge reveal. Like you see, you know, you hear the, foot, the fuds of her footsteps and then her hand on the gate and then her head coming up. And then there's that giant wide shot where she's just coming through. Yeah. Um, the Brachiosaurus, you, you know, we pan up seeing its mm-hmm. tail first, its legs, its body, its head. And then uh, this thing, you were following Tim's legs through the through the grass. We've heard her making these guttural sounds, and then as he moves, it's a slow reveal. As as you see it through the blades of grass, and then you know, like past his legs and everything. Um, this is one of the cooler ones, and it's not. It's got such like a uh, soft introduction with the music, with the fact that the fact that it's a herbivore. Uh, and she's just sitting there on the ground being all chill and everything. So we know that this is going to be, because you went to see this movie, this, this action adventure with these dinosaurs, you know, is going to be like, you know, is going to be just terrifying. And here we are seeing something that's very gentle and the way it's presented in the movie is very, very gentle and subtle. And, uh, that's, that's like a breath of fresh air. We're yeah. going to get to see one of these dinosaurs without being like, you right, know, right. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. You're, a soft introduction is a good way to describe it because it is just laying there. It's hardly moving, but it is the most believable of anything you see in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there's a really cool way that they designed this thing. I heard uh, back maybe around the time they released this movie, somebody was talking about how the, uh, of all the practical effects that Stan Winston Studios made for this movie, uh, that this was different because back in the day, what you probably would have done is built a standing Triceratops, pushed it over. And just shot it like that, as yeah. opposed to this one, which is built to be laying down, and it has all of the, you know, the rib cages where the movement yeah, is, yeah. the eye, the tongue, the very it's subtle like, yeah. movement of its foot coming up, and then the head kind of moves a little bit too, you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, but but the breathing is the thing that sold it for me. When yeah. we when we saw this movie as kids, I remember seeing that and being completely sold on the fact that it's like rib cages moving in and out. And of course, they have the shot here in a few minutes, where or maybe next minute, where Grant is listening to it breathe, and he. He's yeah. actually inflating with it, and he's, there's a sense of joy over him on that shot. But uh, it totally sold me as the most realistic thing in the movie, and uh, I, I, I really love this Triceratops. I, I love the... I, I love the practical effects, and mm-hmm. I hate to get caught up in that conversation about like what's better, oh, CGI yeah, yeah, or practical, yeah. because they're both good for different things. But um, I don't think one's better than the other. But this is definitely an example of uh, practical effects done to, to to great effect. Yeah, I would say that if you do want to have that argument, this is a good argument to yeah. have is the mm-hmm. Triceratops, and it's it's not like the Queen Alien and aliens, you know, hauling ass right at you. Yeah, but uh, but this is a, a good example of um, the subtlety. You can get the eyes being sensitive and the tongue moving a little bit and just yeah. all of, you know, we're, we're able to get close-ups of let's say the tongue and you get like the dried saliva on it yeah, and uh, uh-huh. that subtle movement, each, each part of its movement there. Um, so this is a good argument for how practical effects would, would probably be better suited in this scene than CGI. Yeah. Th- and, uh, Never mind, go. Uh, there's a shot when the camera pans uh, across it when it's moving its foot and you see Grant kind of move his hand up the horn on the Triceratops yeah. and the horn is like cracked. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And I don't I don't know if that's how they actually looked on the dinosaur back in the day, if the, if the horn does crack like that or if they maybe looked at like the tusk of a rhinoceros to kind of get that look. Yeah. You know, a rhinoceros's tusk is actually hair. 
What? Yeah, that's actually hair. It's not bone. Really? Yeah, yeah it's really weird. Uh, so I don't know if this if that's the same way the Triceratops works, but it's just the, the detail, the leveling of the cracking going on and mm-hmm. the way he moves his hand up. And you can tell it feels very textured. There's also a high-level shot when they all kind of move in around the Triceratops. Yeah. And it's moving very slowly, but you, you get the size and the scale and like the weight of the thing. Uh, I, I just absolutely love this effect. Yeah. Now, you have seen that. Do you remember seeing the... the yeah, I was, I was thinking at about Universal that. Studios? Was it Universal Studios? Yeah, yeah, so back in the, I guess, probably like, what, 95? Something like that? maybe a little bit after the film came out. Maybe like 94 94, like okay. Yeah. So 94, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I remember that we went there, and this is before there was any Jurassic Park ride in Universal Studios Florida, yeah. and this is before there was Islands of Adventure. They did have this on it's display exhibit, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the costumes and everything from the movie and like yeah. a few other props and stuff. It was awesome. It was so cool, but this yeah. was one of the things. And it was also at that traveling uh, Jurassic Park exhibit, I think. Yeah, had. I think it was with that mm-hmm. also. There, there were some, there was some, that exhibit was kind of weird because it mixed uh, existing yeah. stuff that wasn't from the movie with stuff from the movie. And it kind of pointed out the difference. It's like, hey, isn't this T-Rex weird? It's not like the one from our movie. And yeah. it's not accurate to what Tyrannosaurus yeah, Rex is actually killing it for us. But, I, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's the but I remember seeing the Triceratops and also, Mar- you know, sometimes you see things from movies and you're startled by how small they are, or how mm-hmm. crappy they look. But I remember seeing the Triceratops in this movie and completely being sold yeah, on how great it, was, it looked. It looked just like it did in yeah, the movie. It, did, it, was, it was huge. huge. Yeah, <laughs> massive. Uh, this is also probably one of the best examples of the performance, actress performances in this in this scene is like all of their reactions, especially Laura Dern. I mean, it's like a mother seeing yeah. a baby for the first time. And, yeah. uh, you know, totally, totally buy everything she's got going on, which is helped, of course, by John Williams, uh, his score. So let's, can we talk a little bit about that? Because yeah, you're, you're right, the score is definitely kind of like emotional during this part. Of the melon, not melancholy, but it's kind of sad a little bit, you know, like yeah. it's hopeful. But this is the first time they've seen a dinosaur after their failed attempt to see dinosaurs on the actual tour. So, you know, they're disappointed by not being able to see a Dilophosaurus. They don't get to see the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And then they're all kind of upset that, you know, they're not getting to see dinosaurs. Then they get to see this like hand, they have this hands-on experience of going down yeah. and seeing yeah. one. And, you know, I think Grant says in a minute that Triceratops was his favorite dinosaur as a kid growing mm-hmm. up. And it pains him to see her in this state. What do you think they're going for with this? Is it the natural wonder of actually being able to put hands on one of these beasts? Yeah, okay, well, let's imagine this. Mm-hmm. The only other dinosaur we've seen in this is the Brachiosaurus, and then we saw the baby Velociraptor. Right, yeah. So the next reveal of like a big full-size dinosaur that you're going to see, how disappointing would it have been if you're seeing it behind the fence yeah. on mm-hmm. the tour like they're supposed to see it? It just wouldn't have felt as in the raw yeah. as this does. So this was the best. If they're going to see one on the tour, this was the best way to do it. Right, yeah. Uh, is to have it to where they can... It's tangible. They can actually go up and pet the thing and look at it and observe it and everything. And now that we've gotten these types of dino introductions out of the way, we can go ahead and kick the audience's ass. Right, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and emotionally for the characters, they get to have hands-on, so now they can have their moment of being yeah, stunned exactly. by the, the beauty of nature and science come together to create this thing. And then, uh, yeah, we can start startling them next. And that's a, that's a very astute uh, observation. And it's funny, Grant says, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And this yeah. is a guy who, you know, they're moving in herds. Everything he has ever thought uh, is true, and he's he's loving it. It's the warm blooded, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. all of that. And the next time he sees one, it is going to be in his face, breathing so hard it blows his hat off his head. And I'm sure all of this, all of these revelations, and all this mean nothing to him at this moment except survival. Yeah, and what a freaking like situation that is to uh, to put a character in. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and yeah. 
So, but hey, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, it's, it's very cool at this point in the movie, and I think we're kind of getting like the emotional core of what the the wonder of what it is that they wanted to see when they came to the island. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what it serves. Absolutely, purpose. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so something we haven't talked about that much, and I do want to get into, and I th- actually think this would be a really cool uh, Patreon episode mm-hmm. topic, um, the sound effects for the animals. Yeah. And the sound effects here uh, are actually pretty interesting. Now, you know that a lot of the time it's a mix of animals as we know it, like a... A dolphin or a baby elephant and dog and strange things like that. The sound designer used a lot of cows, which you can uh-huh. definitely hear. And then the, this is the only um, example of any moment in the film where he didn't use all animals. This is actually him breathing through a cardboard tube that had a spring running inside of it to help with the reverb. But yeah, so this was half cow and then half him like breathing through this tube that I'm maybe is whenever the thing breathes in and out, you can kind of hear it inflating and deflating. Yeah. There's the whole thing about, and I don't want to get on, on it, uh, CGI versus practical. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say it's one way or the other. Some people say, no, it can be both. Uh, Jurassic World definitely went full CG as to keep consistency. Uh, and they had one animatronic in it, which was the head of the, I can't remember the name of the, of the dinosaur, um, but the one that's dying. And uh, it, it looks like CG to me. I really can't tell the difference. And I don't think that's a good thing. I want to be able to know one or the other. As a film, as someone who's, you know, had his hand in filmmaking before, uh, I like to be able to tell the difference. So I don't think it worked in that film nearly as good as it did here. You know, and we're 25 years, you know, almost 25 years out between the time of Jurassic Park and that movie. And it's like special effects haven't really grown. Practical effects, they've kind of detracted. Well, I think this movie is used very sparingly, you know, and it was Mm -hmm. kind of... That's what made it perfect. You know, the, the the levels that we saw it were kind of like when it needed to be there, you know, kind of like an accent piece for the amazing yeah, animatronics, yeah, yeah. you know. Like we'll see in the Tyrannosaurus Rex scene, they go between, uh, you know, an actual puppet and CG mm-hmm. very seamlessly because... Seamless. And, you know, it. one of the reasons is it's done it under nighttime, you know, yeah, in the, in the yeah. rain. So you kind of just see glimpses left and right of it doing some stuff. So, uh, yeah, but okay, that's really all I've got. All right, you ready to get out of here? Let's go. That's right. All right, folks, I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com. And visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at Patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Media.